Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Rob Palenka was asked, actually addressed media today to talk about the offseason the Lakers just had, talked about LeBron, talked about vaccination statuses, talked about Anthony Davis, talked about Alex Caruso. There's a lot to get to here. So let's go ahead and get to it. Quick note on these clips, the typing in the background, uh, Harrison recorded the audio and was transcribing as he recorded it. So the typing that you're hearing there, that's Harrison. So blame Harrison. In terms of news or quotes that will most immediately affect the Lakers this year, the best news that I got from this presser was that uh, Polinka expects all of the Lakers to be fully vaccinated by the time the season starts. You know, we've worked really hard with our UCLA health partners and our team doctors and, and players and agents and family members. And um, we will be on opening night when we play the Golden State Warriors. Um, um, all of the players that are currently signed on our roster um, that night will be deemed fully vaccinated. And we're really uh, we're, we're grateful for that. I think um, just in collaboration again with the, with with UCLA and the doctors and people internally, um, uh, we we will be grateful that we won't have interruptions caused by unvaccinated status of a player or a staff member. This should never have been a political thing, so I'm not touching any of the politics here. I am just speaking from the standpoint of the Los Angeles Lakers and. The more players that are vaccinated, the easier the season is going to be. There are fewer restrictions on vaccinated players. There are some places where players wouldn't be able to play, and so you don't have to worry about that. Just ask the Brooklyn Nets and the uh, Golden State Warriors with Kyrie Irving and some other players and then Andrew Wiggins and potentially more other players uh, what they're dealing with right now, and the Lakers won't have to deal with that headache. So just in terms of fully operational status. The fact that the Lakers are all fully vaccinated is great news. The next thing in terms of actual news that we might be getting soon, it sounds like, is Rob Palenka talking about the uh, last couple roster spots and their thinking as they move into preseason next week. Yeah, I think we do have two open roster spots, 14 and 15. Um, Most likely 15 will be held. Um, just with the tax implications um, and also holding that for potentially, um, you know, the buyout deadline is usually a a tool that a lot of contenders use. So I think that there's a likelihood there. It's not an absolute. We're always fluid and anything can be presented. And then we are in kind of our final evaluations on what to do with the 14th spot. And that's something that we will make the decision um, on and around before camp starts on Tuesday. So still kind of evaluating that as we speak. So this is pretty consistent with everything that we've been talking about over the last few weeks, right? As we've waited for them to fill out this roster spot, sounds like they are going to fill the one last one with a guaranteed contract and then hold off on the 15th roster spot for tax reasons. Again, I I just, (laughs) I can't wrap my head around a team just thinking about the tax at all given the amount of revenue that the Lakers are going to generate this season, but whatever. Uh, A 15th person doesn't matter as much heading into a season as they might as you wrap up the season, as you head into the postseason. So uh, 14 with an open roster spot for a buyout or whatever is uh, perfectly fine with me and something we've all been expecting for a while. 
And as Polinka points out, sounds like they are going to be making that decision very soon. Speaking of tax-driven decisions, Rob Polinka was asked about Alex Caruso. Um, we, we made an aggressive attempt to re-sign Alex Caruso, and we made an aggressive attempt to keep Talon. Um, and that's the thing with unrestricted free agency is um, you can be in the mix, but players, you know, control the ultimate choice. And uh, Alex was tremendous here as a championship player. And, you know, if we'll be forever grateful for his contributions and his growth and um, seeing him go from a G League to, you know, a two-way to a elite player was something we'll always be proud of. Um, but he had choices and, and he chose another team, but we, we, we pursued him and wanted to keep him, um, same with Talon and, um, obviously came to a deal with Talon and, and Alex moved on. But, you know, we had a, we had a plan to take some of the skill set that Alex brought to the table and, and find that in other free agents that were available. And I think if you look at how we ended up, you know, filling out the roster, um, it was important for us to be strong in all the different basketball categories, and we felt like we dimensionalized that with some of the other guys we signed. Now, I'm not going to come out and outright say that Rob Polinka is a liar here. Technically, what he said is correct. The Lakers did pursue Alex Caruso, and Alex Caruso chose instead to go to Chicago. But the way that he paints that situation is not quite true. The Lakers pursued him, but they did so with a much lower price tag than was honestly realistic, given what Alex Caruso has done for the franchise uh, since he came up from being a two-way player. Alex Caruso was willing to work with the Lakers to uh, try to find some middle ground where he could return to the Lakers and and whether it was uh, for, to, to play on a shorter contract, whatever the Lakers were more comfortable with, the Lakers said no. So... Uh, whatever whatever explanation Palinka gives here, it is technically semantically correct what he's uh, saying here. It, that's just not necessarily uh, the whole story. So I'm not going to come out and call Rob Palinka a liar. That's that would be uh, incorrect on my part. But I will say that his version of the story is not exactly telling all of it. Either way, though, we got to move on. And then in terms of the moves that the Lakers did make, the players that the Lakers did bring in, Rob Palenka says that they had three very clear goals in mind. Yeah, I think going into uh, the draft and free agency, there were really three primary goals and objectives that we wanted to accomplish with the roster. Um, one was adding um, playmaking or a, a primary playmaker. Um, two was shooting and then three was shifting back to, especially defensively, a model of um, you know sort of two rebounding defensive centers like we had in when we won the championship in 2020. And um, those were the, the goals we had in mind. And I think if you look at the complexion of the roster, we feel like we addressed each of those three goals, and um, that was something we set out to do. So we feel we feel good about that. Say what you will about what Russell Westbrook can do or DeAndre Jordan can do, right? DeAndre Jordan is not a defensive rebounding center. He rebounds, but he doesn't play much defense at this stage of his career. And Russell Westbrook is a lead creator, but he does not shoot the ball particularly well. In terms of 
the entirety of the offseason, I can see why Polinka would say that they did the three things that they set out to do. They brought back Dwight, who is a good defensive center or was a good defensive center last we saw him in, in L.A. Uh, they got plenty of shooting to surround LeBron, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis with. And then if Anthony Davis, by the way, plays center more this year, that in and of itself is going to be the best defensive pickup any team makes. So in terms of what they set out to do, I can see why uh, Rob Polinka would tell people today that the Lakers checked all three boxes. And lastly, my, my the, the last quote that I am uh, grabbing from that press conference has to do with LeBron and his approach to the offseason. And maybe more importantly, how he's approaching this season with the roster that they put around him this year. Um, I had LeBron's been in working hard, working really early in the morning. And I, I think the thing that stands out is just his, his fitness level. And um, he slimmed up, I think. Um, you know, we all know LeBron studies the greats and he adds things into his game. And I think um, going into this stage of his career, he's made a decision to come back a little bit leaner. And I think that's going to translate in his explosiveness and quickness. Um, but he's been he's been very, very locked in with his training. And um, you just get a sense he has a confidence in his teammates. He really does, I, I think. Um, when he looks around the locker room and sees the name plates or with the guys he's been on the court with, you can just tell he has a, a high level of confidence in his teammates and uh, what this team could accomplish this season if we if we all lock in. I think the big word is mindset. You know, what, what will the mindset of all these players be? We have 13 guys signed to contracts, and it just feels like this group realizes that everyone's going to have to set a little bit of a personal thing or a selfish desire aside to come together and have the mindset of how do I make the guy next to me in the locker room great? And it just feels like that's LeBron's mindset right now with his teammates and that he has a belief. Let's start with the quotes about LeBron's weight and looking fitter or thinner this year compared to, I would imagine, the last couple of years that Polinka has watched him up close. Um, it's interesting if you look at the roster, you have Trevor Ariza, you have Carmelo Anthony. Both of those guys are more fours than threes at this stage of their careers. And they don't really have much choice in the matter. You could try to play him at the three, uh, but I don't know how well that's necessarily going to go. You have Kent Bazemore, who could technically slide down to the three. But for the most part, you're probably going to want to play him predominantly at the two. Maybe in small lineups, you slide him down to the three with LeBron at the four. Uh, so that leaves basically LeBron as the only player suited to play uh, small forward in 2021, which I, I kind of see why LeBron, if that is the case, as that is the case, would slim down a little bit. The other thing, too, is LeBron turned his ankle last year and said that he <laughs> came out of the year saying that he wasn't sure his ankle was ever going to be the same. And, and if you are concerned about your ankle or about your feet, it makes a lot of sense to limit the amount of weight that you are uh, putting on those feet on a night-by-night -night basis. So it's an interesting approach that LeBron is taking here. It's one he's taken be before. Uh, and by the way, a slim LeBron is still probably bigger than most 
fours, so I'm not necessarily worried about him not being able to muscle other players if he does slide down to playing the four, as uh, reports have indicated throughout the offseason. But if that is the case, that he is going to spend more time at the three in order to, to, to make it easier for Carmelo Anthony and Trevor Ariza to play a bigger role on this team, or for uh, Anthony Davis to play a little bit more four in a big physical lineup with Dwight Howard, then fine, I can I can kind of see that. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see because when he has done this in the past, that has led to mixed results. So we'll see how that looks this season, given the age that he is at. Overall, I thought Palinka's presser was a very Palinka presser. There weren't as many uh, stories. There was no mana from heaven references. There, the, it was. It was a lot more straightforward. A, a lot more business-like, to be completely honest. From uh, from pressers that I've been watching since he's taken over, and and I think you know he talked about mentality. He talked about mindset. He talked about competition and 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 sacrifice and all of these things. And a business type approach, a business like approach to a presser here kind of echoes that sentiment that the Lakers are, I think, collectively sending out there that last season was a disappointment, even if contextually you can kind of understand why they uh, disappointed. But still, the Lakers have some work to do here, and I think it's it's going to be a very business-like season this year. I don't think there's going to be nearly as much. You know, I think that doesn't mean that on the sidelines they aren't going to be having a good time, but I think in general, the way that they're hoping to approach this season feels like they're going to be trying to send a message probably pretty early on in the season. So interesting presser from Palenka. You had the typical executive speech. You had the typical fudging of <laughs> fudging of the way that a story should be told and all of that stuff. But overall, I thought it was a very good press conference from Rob Palenka. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. Uh, things to pay attention for. Harrison and Jacob and Christian and the entire gang over at Silver Skin and Roll are going to be putting together those quotes so that and, and expanding on those quotes in written form. So you're going to want to check, want to check that out. Uh, we have a show with Kirk Henderson and myself where we uh, discuss the Dallas Mavericks Lakers matchup in the contender series that we've been doing on this podcast feed uh, over the last month or so. And then in terms of things to look for, uh, it's we're, we're, it's Friday. As you guys are listening to this right now, that means The Hook is going to be coming into your podcast feeds this afternoon. Aaron Larsoul and I have <laughs> a lot to talk about when it comes to the entire of the <laughs> the entirety of the NBA. So check all that out. And until next week, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.